everyday rehearsal in a palace and podcast. Welcome to the Pilots and Petards podcast. I'm Jimbo, the anti-millennial, non-conforming, existentialist, pilot critic, and Kenny of the podcast. Unfortunately, Hoisters, we are one more week without our pragmatic, bleeding heart cyclops, Drew, and the motherfucking magical Miss Mo, master of pilots, nobos, and spoilers, is also going to be out this week. But joining us, we have two very special guests. We have Sean from What Does It Matter podcast, and we have returning Hoister, Liz from But Why Though. Hello. Would you like to add anything, Liz? I apparently guest on quite a few podcasts because also from the But Why Though Network, the other week I was on Safari Zone, so I'm making my way around. Nice. <laughs> and Sean, would you like to add anything else? She just said making my way, and the first thing that came to mind was making my way downtown. And, and that's I'm not sure how I You're feel welcome. about that, so I think I'm just going to contribute to that. Thank you. I love Vanessa Carlton. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what he's adding. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm adding. There you go. All right, great. And this is the <laughs> podcast with nothing much to do about aircrafts, but potentially everything to do with the first episode of a filmic series. Disclaimer, petard is a word. It is a real word. Petards are bombs. You can look them up. We would like to thank today's sponsor, The Life You Can Save, for this ad-free listening. Instead of buying that non-essential consumer item, go donate to save a life or significantly improve a life. We would also like to shout out a big fuck you to Crooked Media, for their crooked piece of shit ads, contact us to sponsor a show or slander a rival. <laughs> and if you are enjoying today's ad-free listening, then you owe us. You can repay your debt by telling people to watch our show, listening to more episodes, or giving us some constructive feedback. How can we watch your show? <laughs> Spread the love. Join us today as we cast judgment and determine if the cop super drama The Rookie will be hoisted or not hoisted, that is the question. And so I'm going to pass it to Liz. Liz, what's your background with this show? Because before you recommended it, I was not sure what this show was. My background with this show is I always root for Nathan Fillion. He seems like a nice person, and I I just want him to succeed. He's also the voice of the Green Lantern of Hal Jordan on most of DC animated stuff, So, which makes me really happy. Sean, do you have any background? Yeah, I knew that um, Nathan Fillion had a new show coming out. I just hope it doesn't turn out like Drive did for him. But um, it's always good to see the good captain on something that's got some kind of potential, maybe, or maybe it doesn't. Who knows? We'll get to that at the end. During my research, I, I did find out a couple things, so some interesting things. According to Nathan Fillion, the LAPD is one of two precincts that take candidates over the age of 37. So this show premise is based off of a true story. And this is kind of a reboot as well. 1970s, there was an ABC show called The Rookies about three rookie cops in Southern California. It had four or six seasons. That is our background here for a two-sentence summary. We have Captain Reynolds from Firefly is having a midlife crisis, so he joins the LAPD. How will he and his two rookie peers tackle their fears in the most dramatic police department in L.A.? Stay tuned to find out if you should give a steaming pile of crap. In part one, this is our spoiler-free zone. We're going to talk about highs, lows, and the evaluation of the pilot. Ladies first, Liz, what's what was your you know feeling? Just first impression, whatever. I like Nathan Fillion being himself. Like I don't, 
I feel like any character they give him now, he's just himself, which is fine. I appreciate the diversity of the cast. Uh, so he's being trained by a black woman. One of his, you know, fellow rookies is a woman of color. Uh, and then he has a, 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 another kid of color, so a black kid. Um, so I, I appreciate that. It is a diverse cast. And I appreciate Nathan Fillion for being Nathan Fillion. <laughs> yeah, I had a similar highs um i thought the you know the you know the diverse cast very strong diverse cast was which makes sense if you're having a tv show take place in la and nathan fillion's performance was also very strong i would add that the acting in general for this show was was strong i didn't really see any characters where i thought like this person is a terrible actor i'd agree with that fillion is always charismatic it even if he's just doing nothing what was that there was a sequel to some Michael Keaton movie that he was in where he could hear his dead wife talking to him and he could hear dead people. It was weird, but it was a very serious role, but he was still charismatic in, in that role. It blows my mind. I can't remember that movie. Is. So even like from Slither or Firefly or whatnot, he's just, he, you know, like Liz said, he's Nathan Fillion and we're getting Nathan Fillion every time. And I dig that. And of course, a show about the LAPD, you're, you're definitely going to have a diverse cast or else you're, that's where you complain about whitewashing. Definitely. For another high point, I would have to add that this show does a great job of developing some deep conflicts that can fuel an entire season of television. I might add some some low points based off of those, but 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 they definitely <laughs> set up some conflicts for the for the uh, viewers to want to stick around for. I'm agreeing with that 100, percent and I'm also agreeing with that when you go to low points 100 percent as well. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think I have one more. Hi to throw out there. I think Drew would appreciate some of the attention to detail in this pilot. There's there's a lot of small things that the camera's picking up throughout the pilot, and maybe we can can jump into a couple of those during part two. Liz, do you have do you have another high point? I feel like I was low key disappointed in the show, so no. That's fine. Okay, well then why don't you start us on these low points? Because I because I think you know, and uh, we'll try. You know, we don't need to to mention every single one. I feel like I went into the show being like it was going to be ABC's version of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And I think I wanted to be ABC's version of, of like Scrubs, but with cops, where it's like drama, but comedy. But it's not. It just falls so short. Like, I feel like it had a tone problem. That was my major issue outside of there is just some rampant like workplace harassment. So, yeah, so that was some something I that that I looked up. This is not really that much of a spoiler, but there's a ton of hazing going on in the LAPD. And so I, I looked into that and I, I don't think there's any evidence that the that law enforcement is anything like the military or sports teams or fraternities. This show represents the, the police department as like a high school locker room. And I don't think that is based off of anything in reality. It was so odd. Like, there were so many times during the show where I, I, I literally was like, if I was working there, I'd get a lawyer. I'd start recording everything. Oh, my God, Because in California, yes. in California, you don't have to – I think I think you do have to record with somebody's consent. But at the same time, if everybody's wearing a body camera, they're already being recorded. And I would just be like, I'm taking this all. We're going to go to court. You can't treat me like this. <laughs> I think it's safe to say the writers have no experience inside of a police department. And they are – and that's the huge dropping of the ball as far as – as far as depicting an actual police department. 
it seems like they, they went to the 1980s book of writing dickheads and they were like, all right, how do we make everybody like the alpha betas? So it, the hazing thing is completely like, it, hey, it doesn't happen. That guy's an asshole. I guess we're, this is the spoiler-free section, so I can't get to a low point about that particular character yet, and I can't wait to. <laughs> I was like, we're going to go hard on that guy. Liz definitely hates that guy. She she wrote hated in all caps, but I'm going to say <laughs> but I'm but I'm going to say hating him is actually more of a high point because we're not supposed to like him. So he's as an actor, he's he is doing his job. And Sean's Sean's doing a lot of uh non-verbal expressions over there. So maybe he wants to say something. No, we got to wait for the spoiler section for it. But no, I mean the actor himself is doing a wonderful job. I I would definitely and even even when we get to the fucking thing I hate in the spoiler <laughs> section, uh, he was great in that scene too. It just yeah, uh, I, I don't want to be the jerk off that's screwing things up for you. So yeah, that's very respectable. My Thanks. concern with this character, without getting into spoilers, in his you know need to haze. But I feel like you're supposed to kind of feel for him because yeah, we're not there yet, are we? (laughs) Yeah, we're not there yet. So I'll say just to kind of add on to that. I mean, in in case you couldn't tell, this show annoyed me very much. I feel like it's trying to be This Is Us, where they're trying to make everything so dramatic and so emotional, and they're just kind of missing the mark. And they're intentionally setting up a character to be one way so that they can twist it later on, and that and that just adds to my annoyance. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of go along with that, kinda not a hundred percent there, but so I lied I lied about the hundred percent thing, and I'm sorry. I just can't tell the future, and so my guessing sucks too. Okay, I have to give the show some credit because they do have very diverse female characters, and in more or less higher ranking roles, like they have a female chief, and then two of the TO officers are women. But like the one male character who we all hate is trying to is more or less being like oh yeah you two are competing and it, it's just very much this two women can't possibly be promoted to detective at any point in time only one of you can make it so battle to the feminine death and it's just like why why like i i feel like that storyline only happens with ambitious female characters yeah, I'm with you on that because, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but it, that's once again that's the complete 1980s female characters. So <laughs> once again, it's not that these writers don't know how to write; they only know how to write 80s comedy B shit. So there's a lot of lows, listeners. <laughs> yeah. So we are going to move into our most valuable part of the pilot. Sean, do you want to start us off with yours? I felt so bad for that wrestler guy. I felt really bad for that wrestler guy in his 80s pride of no woman would ever beat me up. And, I mean, look what happens. I loved that guy. And I also really loved the forbidden love story as well between two captains. I don't know how much more I can say about that. Yeah, that's good. We can. I think we're going to definitely come back to that as well. Oh, Liz, yeah. what was your MVP? I learned that ageism is bad. Uh, and then I also really liked the unicorn balloon. Just the balloon. <laughs> That's it. Listeners, I mean, these these MVPs are saying a lot about this pilot. I'll just say that. There was a woman director for this pilot, and we kind of touched on, on the women's issues a bit, but... But I think we do have a lot of strong female characters. The captain of this of the police department was a woman as well. You know, besides some of the male characters' interactions with them, they are all strong 
female characters. And I think that's because you have a lot of female off screen. You have also several female executive producers or producers on on the show as well. So I think having the, the females and having women behind the scenes in those high positions like director and producer really shows. I did appreciate that all of the female police officers and the chief have very reasonable hairstyles. So like sometimes in cop shows, you see women with like curled hair and then they're like running after people. And it's like, no, she'd put it in a ponytail. Like, let's be real. Um, And then I also appreciated there were never any very like male gazy shots. So I can definitely believably see that this had a female director. Yeah. And this is something that that we've definitely talked about on, on the podcast. You can almost always tell when there's a female writer or director just just based on the product. And so I actually looked it up because I, I had the feeling that there's probably a female somewhere in the, you know, high up. And so it was a director. And I think her name was Liz Fernandez, but I did not write that down. Why not? Why didn't you write that down? Was You know, I don't know, man. <laughs> That's okay. You know what? Your show's great. You get a pass. <laughs> Hoisters, we're going to move on to the moment before the moment we've all been waiting for. Are any of us going to watch episode number two of this series, The Rookie? I don't know. Maybe. I remember seeing trailers for this, I guess, around summertime. They started airing like little teasers and stuff. And I mean, it's first of all, this is nothing we've never seen before. Now, I'm not including the 70s show either or that 70s show because it's nothing like that at all. There's, I think it's just Nathan Fillion's charm that I might watch it for. Who knows? I never finished Castle. I don't know what happens there. If it's on... It, it'll be weird in somebody else's house because I don't get cable TV. So maybe, possibly, who knows? Uh, extremely soft, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Liz? So I left Hulu open and my cat was on my laptop while I was playing PlayStation and I turned around and episode two was playing. <laughs> so I think I accidentally watched it already. <laughs> but otherwise, I would watch it like... If I'm waiting for like a doctor's appointment, they have like bad cable on. I'd watch it there. Yeah, I don't know if that counts. So <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> You you say that your doctor's office shows TV shows like that? I get daytime television, which is for the absolute brainless. You're at least going to get this. I know this is true. That means that I have a great rheumatologist. You sure do. That's how you should. That's how you should determine your doctor's yes. office uh, by what is playing in their waiting room. Nice. That's that's some free advice there, listeners. Yeah, from the chronically ill girl to you. <laughs> it's gonna be my sign off. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, I'm gonna say I am not gonna watch this. There's there's fifty something pilots that we have watched. And this is definitely towards the bottom as far as which episode two I would want to watch. And now, hoisters, the moment you've all been waiting for, to hoist or not to hoist, that is the question. And for any new listeners, to hoist means the pilot sucks, and to not hoist means it's good enough. And I just have to say, this is a hella hoist. I feel like it's a meh hoist. A meh hoist? Okay. Like, like hoist it, but like, I'm not like, I'm not offended by it. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So... That's a plus. Uh, I'm going to say don't hoist it because I've seen other shows where I'm kind of like, oh, I don't know how I feel about where this might go. And then gets really good. And I'm kind of like, oh, oh, OK, cool. I'll I'll keep watching you now. But then you go back to the pilot for you, Jim. That would be Firefly, where had you not known the characters already or something like that, and you started with that two parter. I could see people not digging on it because 
It's just kind of like, hi, I'm here. Hi, I'm here. Here's this person. Or even like if you've, I'd seen the movie twice before that show. And that first episode, I was really digging it, but there was something just aside from the happy vibe of it, which is anti the movie, kind of, you know, got weird for me where the train job, even though it doesn't really feel like a pilot either, it, it took a while for that for me to love that. And now now I'm going to completely disagree with your ruling on that show. But back then I would have been like, oh, maybe let's see what happens. So we have our most loyal listener, Zero, feels the same way. He gets so mad at us when we hoist a pilot episode for a series that he likes. It's like, well, yeah, sometimes series get good at season two or three or four. It happened with Dark Matter. It's season two. That's not what our show does. So, uh, yeah. I know. So this, <laughs> <laughs> I already mentioned there is some potential, but hoisters, we are, we are going to go with a split decision. Hoist. Part two. And now we are going to move into our Mozone. This is where the spoilers run wild. We are going to analyze and interpret the story. And we're going to start off with our Crabman Award. Hey, girl. Hey, Crabman. For any new listeners, the Crabman goes to a sentient being, usually a very small role, but giving huge contributions to the story or to our watching pleasure. And I actually switched my Crabman because I had a Crabman the the first time I watched, and then I watched it a second time, and I came up with a new crab man. And so mine, Sean already talked about him a little bit, but there's a big dude that's cutting weight, and he's married, and they focus on his wedding ring. And this guy is, in my mind, the crab man. He also gets hacked by his wife, little tiny girl. And John Nolan watches him die in his hands. He's on he's on the screen a little more than our typical crab man, but, but he's given huge contributions. I just want to say in regards to this show, I completely forgot that Nathan Fillion's character's name was John Nolan. I just was. What a stupid name, right? He has a name? That sounds like a Steven Seagal name in a 1990s movie. It's, it's, it's Cop Fillion, Captain Reynolds. (laughs) It's Castle. Well, Rookie Reynolds. Rookie Reynolds. Uh, My Crab Man is the Unicorn (laughs) Man, which is different than the Unicorn Balloon. But he does lead to the unicorn balloon, which is a quality balloon. Yeah, he he is definitely crab worthy. This this show has several potential crab men. Do we know why he was insane? I think he's on drugs. Okay. Because his wife was calling him. Leaving your kids in the car is sounds like something someone does when they go to get drugs. He he looked like what. I assume LA looks like when there's really bad traffic and that he was on the top of his car with like a baseball bat defense, just, <laughs> just really annoyed with like, like massive road rage, but then it didn't, it turned, it turned out to not be road rage. It, I just like that. He just kept saying unicorn. He was like, you got to find the unicorn. He was probably tripping on mescaline or something like that. Something weird. Yeah. Something weird. And Sean, who is your crab man? I did say earlier that I really enjoyed that guy. I, I'm going to say his wife. Because the other thing that this show oh. showed with diversity is that it doesn't matter how big this guy is. If, if find the tiny little wife, who's to say that she's not training in MMA or something? Like, he's trying to wave for, like, a wrestling thing. And she's just like, fuck you. I'll kick your ass anytime. And Shanks him. Yeah. And just, yeah, like, three times. That and emotionally abusive relationships, it almost doesn't matter. It's yeah, it's just it was, and it's both of the, it's both their faults. But you know, for her to be like, I don't care how big you are and how you talk to me, or that you're a manly man, I'm gonna kick your ass, and that's it, pal. So I mean, she gets it, and she's alive, so we might see her again. Oh, that's true. 
I think the big dude dying kind of does a lot for um, Captain Reynolds' character, John Nolan. And it also, there was a really cool shot. His his wedding ring was kind of the focus point of the camera while he while he was dying. So it also maybe tying back into this, you know, like his life dies and kind of in a way, John Nolan's life died when his wife divorced him to the point where he's in this midlife crisis. So I think his death kind of ties back into the midlife crisis. And that's why I decided he was my crab man. That was that was that was like deep. That was literary. My defense is this man not only did he leave his child in a car, but he left his child in a car after seeing a unicorn balloon while high on God knows what. And I'm always gonna have to defend the unicorn balloons, but in all actuality, uh, Jimbo's character is better. <laughs> That's what I like to hear, Sean. Yeah, I guess I'm gonna. Uh... I'm going to renege on that as well, and I'm definitely going to go. Because you brought it up, the, it seems like Fillion, what did you say his name is? John Nolan? John Nolan. So John, that is a stupid fucking it John is, Nolan it's a bad name. and his wife seem to have a very amicable split because it had been planned for three years. They were waiting for his kid to go to college, blah, 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 blah. Hoisters, the big dude is going home with a crab man. And now we're going to move into our literary analysis of the pilot, the plot, the characters, the filming, kind of whatever we are really interested in. And so we've we've been talking about a couple of these. Let's, you know, let's just dive into the dickhead TO training officer. His name is Tim Bradford. Is that the actor's name or the character's name? That's the character's name. name. Jesus Christ. How do you guys remember this shit? I write it down. Oh, okay. I'm looking at his notes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> now, was it was it somewhat poetic justice that he gets shot? No, because he didn't die. Wow. Ooh, well, he was so bad that he needs to die in order to have some poetic justice. Yes. I don't know about die, but I, <laughs> I mean, because if he dies, he doesn't get taught a lesson. Uh, seriously, being maimed is I mean, a stomach shot. Is a stomach shot. Is a stomach shot, and that's gonna hurt like a motherfucker for months. He deserves that. Number one, just for the way he treats. His his rookie, I can't. I'm gonna call her number two from Dark Matter. Lucy Chen. Lucy Chen. Character. Lucy Chen. His name is Lucy Chen. Yes. Okay. Melissa O'Neill is uh, just the way he treats her, and then like the whole like testing how she speaks Spanish. He's being inhumane to these guys, or telling her to be inhumane to these guys. She says something, you know, not inhumane, nice. <laughs> and he gives her shit for it. So when he got shot, yeah, thumbs up. And I'm glad I got to see him like take a big cock in the ass earlier on before that too. He is, I think, the epitome of the really terrible writing in this pilot. He really is com- coming off like that high school punk kid in all the movies where, like, you just really hate this dude. But then they, they have him see his wife and they kind of you build a little bit of sympathy so for him. Stupid. And then he gets shot and he's still acting like a dick, even when he's on the like bleeding out or, you know, it's just like weird. Just really bad writing. When you say have a little sympathy for him. Do you mean that we had it, or is that what the writer intended? Because the way you I feel said like we it, were yeah, we were supposed to. to, weren't we? Fuck him. I had some sympathy for him. I also think that for people that continue with this series, I think he's going to have some. I think it's going to be a character that you in- you eventually like. That's my prediction. Yeah, because we've never seen that happen Boys. before. Yeah. <laughs> How fresh and original. It's going to be a heck of a character. Arc. Wow. Yeah. We, we we didn't get a hint. You know who I feel sympathy for? His wife. She couldn't stand that cocksucker so much that she turned to drugs. Pardon my French. <laughs> yeah. But that poor woman. Look at her now. How how wonderful was her life before she realized that he was him. 
Actually, do you know what made me most angry about that scene? Was just previously, his rookie had been more or less assaulted by this drug dealer, which is kind of like a felony when you're assaulting a cop. But then he's like, just let him go. I'm sad. I'm so sad. This guy starts this fight with uh, Melissa O'Neill. I can't remember her character's name. Lucy Lucy Chin. He grabs her ass at one point. Okay, I had to make sure that it wasn't on CBS. It was definitely some channel, because CBS would never show that. It's not no. family enough. That's when she starts kicking his ass. Anybody else notice that she's kind of got like a River Tam quality about her too? Like Ooh. just, yeah, so this seems like, uh, you know, typecasting, which is fine because I like Melissa O'Neill. Yeah, no, but th- that just goes back to the r- just really bad writing of old Tim Bradford. Even the name's got <laughs> Brad in it. Bradford. What kind of guy's name is Brad? You have Jackson West. <laughs> That's kind of a cool name, I guess, but... <laughs> That's another Steven Seagal name. <laughs> they took all of these names from the 80s. Yeah. I should have looked up the names of the original three rookies on that on, on, on the 70s the show. Same. No, because they, cause they were three guys. But, but, but one of them was, was a diversity hire. That, like, that was one of the catches. No, well, he must the, have been a Mexican or, or something. I think it was the black guy. Black people? Really? They let black people on the TV then? Good for them. That's progressive. His character on the show was a diversity hire. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Let's watch, let's uh, reconvene in a month let's watch that. and we'll watch the pilot for that. <laughs> Follow up. <laughs> Maybe they just took that script and they were like lazy and they were like, hey, why don't we just change this to a girl? Okay. And all right. She's, and back then it was like, they're smoking pot. So they're going to hell and because it's pots like heroin. I mean, it wasn't then either, but... No, no, not at all. But the... First of all, for the record, I want to throw out there, I don't know at all what heroin's like, so fucking no. <laughs> I've heard good things for the first few times. I, I hear you're... Like, this is a risk the first time. This can kill you the first time you take it. Fuck yeah, you know? I for, Wait, I could put a needle in my vein and then chance life? Yeah, sign me up. I only take the things that are prescribed. That's the gateway. Because I'm so, cool. Wh- what kind of heroin That's are you the getting? Gateway. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, my thyroid hormone. That's next thing you know. Heroin. No, no, you'll be snorting <laughs> coke. You'll be snorting coke. All right. Well, I would like to transition. We and we are going to get to that 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 unforbidden love. But uh, John Nolan is he brave or stupid? Because because I have a couple theories about him. I think he doesn't give a shit anymore. I think he's a Gryffindor. What? Can you elaborate on that? Sure. So last time I was on the show, I was wearing my Ravenclaw sweater, and I realized I should have been wearing it now. But Gryffindor, so like Harry Potter's a Gryffindor, where he is immensely brave, but brave to the point where he does things that are kind of irrational. In the bank scene, I actually think he was trying to commit suicide. It's it's a real thing where people commit suicide by like showing an unloaded gun to a cop and the cops shoot them. I kind of think that he wanted to die. I think it might have been passive suicide. So I think he probably didn't initially like start that situation wanting to commit suicide. But I think as he continued speaking, he was like, this might be an answer. Here's my problem with that opening. And we're going to go back to lazy writing, Jim. That's one of the, uh, I think it's like the second scene in the Lethal Weapon pilot. (laughs) Is it? I haven't watched the TV series. Those movies, I love that series. It's soap operas for men, and, and I'm not saying real men. It's like, you know, yes, I love Dawson's Creek, but yes, I love Lethal Weapon. The show started strong, or all right, got strong. But yeah, there was still like the, here's the crazy guy that's suicidal, 
because mm-hmm. he's not with his wife anymore and he's just going to do all these crazy things. However, we know that Riggs is crazy and suicidal. So it could be a mix of both, but I think that that opening scene with Philly in the bank really annoyed me. So I was kind of not into it from the get-go. Plus, I had read your notes, like some of your notes first. I was like, <laughs> ah, I should do this without spoilers. But yeah, that scene... I think they wanted to make it seem like here's Riggs at 40 if he just like, you know, was a banker or a construction worker and decided, hey, I'm going to be a cop, man. I'm going to be, well, yeah, all right, cool. I'm a cop. Like just, it didn't. And like you said, Liz, about tone, that, that opening, it's, it's dark. It's not as humorous as the lethal weapon scene, but it's kind of, it's passe. It's done. It's done. It's done. It's done. Am I repeating myself? Yep. Because it's fucking done. I didn't like that intro. But that's okay, because it really there is a tone <laughs> issue in this show. Absolutely, and that's the show sets a tone that it changes immediately. I hate when things do that. It has like the same tone as like the Hunchback of Notre Dame, where the Disney movie where it wants to be really dark, but then you got gargoyles who are cracking jokes and playing poker, but then downstairs a man's trying to burn a witch, and it's just like you got to pick one. Yeah, no, that's true. You mentioned <laughs> Scrubs earlier. Scrubs took its time before it went to somewhere serious and dark and all i can think of is um the second episode that featured brendan fraser yeah that was a ballsy move for a show that didn't do that to you but when it did that to you it really pulled your heart out i feel like it's just following a computer algorithm for how to sell a tv series because like they're just like cookie cutter storytelling and if you isolate scenes the scenes aren't bad but when you put them all together it's just kind of diarrhea you know but they they belong in like two different shows. Yes, yes. That's probably, yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, the acting was good. It's not the actor's fault. Uh, I feel like the show wanted to be ABC's version of Lethal Weapon with Malcolm Reynolds. So all of these different, uh, I think the Harry Potter one, the This Is Us one, and the Lethal Weapon one, I think they're all appropriate. And now we've also touched on this. Why the hell is Lucy Chin with Jack Nolan? Why is Melissa John. O'Neill? John Nolan. John, sorry. John John <laughs> Nolan. Yeah. He, I mean, he could also be a Jack too. He might as well be Jack, but yeah, okay. So, or Jack is John. You Jack and the John. Anyway, go on. So why, why is she with him? She seems a lot younger. Maybe she's not. Maybe the actress isn't. I don't know. The actress is about seventeen years younger, based off of what I kind of remember. But I think her character—they don't say how old she is, but I think it's implied that she's younger. I just, I, I it's so shoehorned in. I think it's for sci-fi nerds like me to go like, oh, oh, oh my god, the the captain, the captains, they're hooking, they're hooking up, they're hooking up. There. I actually I took a, a picture with my these flip phones. You can still take pictures with them. So I took a picture with it and I sent it to my wife and I was like, oh my god, the captains are hooking up. The captains are hooking up because for me it's it's, it's the Firefly captain and the Dark Matter captain hooking up and that's how I looked at it. But when I thought about it, I was like, that's all I'm going to think about this. And then that whole explanation of it not being allowed. I think when they wrote this pilot, it was actually made by a Twitter bot who just watched a lot of cop shows, but Firefly accidentally got in there, and then this is what we have. That is so brilliant. <laughs> because it, because it also comes off as her is like almost being a gold digger. Like he has a really nice place. Yeah, he, I don't, he, he owned his own be. construction company. I don't necessarily think he's rich, but like he's definitely probably got a lot more money than than all the other rookie cops. But there's really no reason for her to be with him. I mean, she's young. She's attractive. She has a future as a cop. And this guy, I mean, he just got out of a divorce. He has a kid that's way closer to her age. I mean, like, how many red flags does this guy need? 
Did we already establish ageism? I mean, I mentioned it. <laughs> but now this explanation of why they shouldn't be together is kind of contradicting this. The number one reason for me why they shouldn't be together is they have no chemistry. Um, it's not that they don't like each other. I just don't think they have chemistry. Did I love what I saw? Hell yes! But I'm a nerd. I'm a sci-fi nerd, so I really enjoyed seeing them together and it, probably in another capacity, this would be great. Like maybe, you know, post-Serenity somehow. In space? Well, in of course, space. yeah. It would be post-Serenity <laughs> and post-Black Mary being, bring both universes together somehow. Yep. I'm sorry, both verses together. Yep. You sound like me when I was trying to like defend moments in Titans. <laughs> That's a show we just did a few weeks ago. Uh, well, I, can, I didn't watch it yet because I was kind of like, oh, are you saying fuck just for the sake of saying fuck? It's fine. You can read my recaps. I will. Because I'm watching it for everyone because I'm a good team member. Finally, <laughs> the DCEU is doing something good, apparently. Melissa O'Neill is a singer. She, she, I've seen her do Les Mis. I've seen her do stuff. So I found it a big slap in her face that she's singing this awful song that should have been on Dawson's Creek that's sampling uh, <laughs> The End of Breakaway by Kelly Clarkson. Why is this song... I hope you guys don't remember it. I don't remember where it went because I remember like going, ooh, this isn't good. I thought it was... They were doing Rihanna, Cheers to the Weekend. Was that the song they were I doing? I guess so, but like the... Um, I didn't know she was a singer, though, because her karaoke sounded like karaoke. Oh, yeah, I think it's supposed to. But there was a sample in that Rihanna song that's from Breakaway by Kelly Clarkson that I, I'm, a, I'm a music teacher. I had to teach that song a million times, so it's kind of like one of those, you just hear it a lot. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to judge you for liking Kelly Clarkson. She's Kelly Clarkson's so, awesome. Exactly. And so from there, I think Sergeant Wade Gray... He's he's also a Tim Bradford type character. But he's a really weird, like, I don't understand the ageism in this show, but I guess it's there. I think that's the premise of the show, yeah. yeah. I know, but it's but it's so bad because in theory, yes, yeah, statistically speaking, I guess it is harder to train old dogs new tricks. But if you look at the amount of knowledge that he comes in with, that's pretty useful. He's not book smart. He is pretty street smart. So the fact that he's just going to discount that because he's an older man seems really stupid. The, you know, the sergeant's point was that you can brainwash the young people. And I think that's true. So if you want a certain type of cop that you can really manipulate into what you want, I think the young people are going to be better. Now, are they going to be better cops? Probably not. I feel like that goes back to the whole, why is this a military operation and not a police force? Because I could understand a 40-year-old recruit coming into yes. you know the army and they're going, absolutely not. That's what it should have been, actually. Coming into LAPD, like... There's you don't have to put him on the homicide team like he can be, you know, the oh, I'll answer domestic dispute call. I'll, you know, give parking tickets like it's it's not it, it just seems overblown. <laughs> I'm going to just tie in a little uh, personal story. So so I went to boot camp and we we had a recruit. His name was Burnside. He was 37 years old, which was the cutoff. And the drill instructors hated that guy and they were. 
they were so bad to that guy and he did not make it with us. So I, I don't know if he graduated boot camp or not, but he definitely got dropped from our platoon. And he he was a bit softer because because there was another gentleman that was older, like in his maybe thir- 31 or 32 that that definitely made it. So I'm not, not necessarily just eight like ageism, but it was definitely in there. What age did the draft, I mean, the draft doesn't exist anymore, but what age did that go up to? Because that kind of goes along with... 26. Yeah, it was 26. All right, thank you. Yeah, it was 20. Because that's, I guess, when you've already made up your mind who you are and what you are and what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, you brought up the whole military thing with this cop, or with this sergeant. He was the sergeant. Yeah. Well, it was a sergeant. This show told me nothing at all about the characters, by the way, because I don't know who the fuck they are. Yeah, there's a lot of characters being being introduced, at least like eight main characters that we're probably going to see a lot of. If we watch it. If we watch. I mean, yeah, in theory. If it's on in the doctor's office. So we're not going to find out what happens to these characters at all, are we? Not from me, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, a perfect time to place the pilot for the rookie into our list of the quest for the best and worst pilots ever that we have a live ranking on our website and right now i think we left off with 56 shows this one's definitely going to be near the bottom so what do you think liz are you uh sticking with your below titans yeah i like titans better i think i may have liked this show a little bit better than titans it's definitely comparable i i would say there was a show we watched called new amsterdam and it's pretty much the same version of this show but it takes place in a hospital I do think New Amsterdam was better. So New Amsterdam is 50, DC's Titans is 52. You know what? I'm going to I'm I'm going to take Liz's better judgment and and we have we have a new 53, ladies and gentlemen. Uh the rookie is going below DC's Titans new 53. It's above Alex Inc. Good job Titans. You won Way this round. Way to go. Way to go. <laughs> you like Dally McBeal more than Sons of Anarchy? Yes. Yes. Wow. Sons of Anarchy. I, I guess you didn't listen yet. Sons of Anarchy was yet, pretty no. bad, man. Wow. All right. This this could be bumped up because Drew wasn't with us. So Drew Drew's going to rewatch it. If you feel really passionate, you can start colluding with Drew, and, and it could get a bump. I think. The only time I collude with Drew is when he has edits due. <laughs> <laughs> you might you have some leverage on him. Okay, you have some leverage on him if you want to keep it down, I guess, or up, or if, or, or if you want to bump it. I'm no, I'm just looking, and uh, One Tree Hill was way better than this. <laughs> so we so we can confirm that, and so in Dawson's Creek, in Dawson's Creek is way up there compared oh, to this. Oh, of course it is. Yeah, Dawson's yeah, Creek, yeah. bro. Yep. All right, so hoisters, go check out our list, okay, and listen into some of those old episodes to figure out why Dawson's Creek is so much higher above this this show. Now we're going to move into part three. Part three, we're going to step outside of the pilot. So for our first section to the stage, the stormy Daniels dangling threads of interest. And Drew should be back next week. He can update us on any stormy news. And so there, there is at least a couple things to talk about. So Liz, why don't you start us off with that workplace harassment? Just as a woman, sometimes there were moments in the show where it was really uncomfortable. Because with like Lucy Chin, it's like, what do you do? Uh, do you stand up to your boss? Do you not? And and not he didn't really say anything that was particularly like sexist motivated, but there was a lot of like the casual racism moment 
And when he was like, you'll never know if that's casual racism or a test. And I'm like, I don't care if it's a test. It's a casually racist test. Like, <laughs> It's just really uncomfortable. And I hate that yet again, the media is providing this kind of worldview that especially places that are, you know, kind of have a military structure or any type of law and order structure are dangerous for women one way or another, which is more or less, I mean, this guy let his boot get sexually harassed and assaulted. That guy grabbed her. So I just, that, that's uncomfortable. <laughs> like, like it is, an, is it a realistic portrayal though? Cause, cause I, cause I think it's kind of, maybe it's an exaggeration. Okay. I don't think it's realistic. I think it might've been realistic 20 years ago, but I do think it's concerning to have such an exaggerated portrayal and not to get super academic, but to get academic, um, casual sexism, casual racism, casual ableism is much harder to counter because it's casual. What happened in this show is very blatant. And so it's really easy for someone who says something that is casually inappropriate to say, well, I didn't do this extreme. You know, I'm not this extreme as if creating a false equivalency. So I would almost rather, instead of this extreme, this show had done more kind of underlying, you know, where it is harder to fight back because it is more ingrained than malicious. And the ageism as well. Malicious. Not ingrained, just straight up malicious. Yeah, that's fair. I'm th- So I did a little bit of research as well, and, and I'm just going to kind of rattle off a few things that I found. So women in male-dominated do- fields place more importance on success values than women in other fields. So that's so that's something that you know we kind of saw there as far as as far as bias against women. And then another uh, a couple other studies too with with bias against women. There is there was a study that found that 142 law firm secretaries, mostly women, not one of them said she or he would prefer working with a female partner. So pretty much they all said that they would prefer to work with a male partner. So the bias is also with women too, unfortunately. I mean, internalized sexism is absolutely a thing. That's called the Republican Party and most white (laughs) women in America. Well, that's just fake news. Fake news, very sad. Very sad. (laughs) Um, This is the part of the show where I like to remind people I am part Latina. (laughs) But... uh, I, I definitely I can see that, though, because sometimes whenever women have a place of power, for whatever reason, people see it as bossy and not the boss, which is just wow. an ingrained. Like that's another well, well-defined stereotype as well, that that women, you know, women that want to get get ahead are, are labeled with with there's like three main labels and I didn't write them down. And then one one more thing I found that that was kind of interesting as well with bullying so women are the targets of bullying disproportionately from both men and women. So kind of like being the target of bullying, which we definitely saw in the pilot. I thought I thought it was representing kind of reality to to an extent. It, it was the same way that it was representing workplace harassment. It was it was an extreme version of it, but I think there is some truth there. And I do absolutely think that women in workplaces will bully other women kind of it's like the trope where it's like I'm not like the other girls kind of thing and it's like oh well the guys will see me as one of the guys if I'm just as mean to her as it, which when you say it out loud sounds like middle school 
and we should all move past middle school. <laughs> it starts <laughs> in middle school. That's one of the main ways to get ahead. Like if you want, if you're really it's concerned true. with getting ahead, like that's that's a legit strategy that's going to be more successful than probably trying to get with the other women and team up, which which I guess is becoming more and more of a legit strategy. I feel like in 10 years, that'll be you know the most legit strategy. But I have found in my career, and maybe this is just me, but I have found that it is far more rewarding to uplift my female coworkers and to always push for their success. Never necessarily at the sake of mine, but there's nothing wrong with other people doing well. Especially in a world of, you know, business and, and even if you want to go so far as capitalism, like it's it's okay for women to be economically successful. Like just support each other. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you know, this is maybe another, you know, another research project, but I think there's plenty of evidence to to show the the benefits of society when women are educated and women hold high positions as well as far as management. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's funny that you bring this up too, because I, I was born uh, a long time ago, and the the whole equal pay for women thing was just oh let's fight for this. And you know you go back a past few years with you know what's going on in politics and what's going on in politics, and every time they want to distract us from that, it's about equal pay for women. And when I heard that recently, I was like, why the fuck is this an issue? Human being with um, a dangling genitalia, ha- a human being. With uh, the counterpart to the dangling genitalia, <laughs> uh, can it, like they did the whole affirmative action in the early '90s for a specific reason. Um, can you do your job just as well as the other person now? Like whether it's male or female, why why can't it just be this is what the job pays? We don't give a shit about the gender. And uh, I will stand on my soapbox. Actually, I'm going to get down from it now. But um, when the f- why the fuck does gender still matter? It's uh, it's it's one of those things that pisses me off. The other thing, and it's it's great that you brought up the assault again and how awful this guy was to her. Let's go back to the bad writing. Everybody's wearing cameras that are recording. How is this guy not fired? How is this guy not under investigation constantly, especially by the dude who's the son of uh, from the guy from <laughs> IA? Like, what the hell? Yeah, it's it's obviously institutionalized in this world. What world is that? Aside from like 1984, but with like <laughs> iPhones. I see what you did there. <laughs> this is like Police Academy, actually, in some ways. No way, too. Police Academy is way better than this. Oh, it's better, but like, yeah, but I mean, as far as uh, I guess, yeah, I guess Police Academy probably is a way better portrayal of police. <laughs> they were all equal. They were all equal. The only thing that ever got really made fun of was looks his little voice when she talked like this all the time. Yeah, I guess I guess that was more like the you know the satire. I guess maybe it was like Police Academy meets Animal House meets Super Reno Drama. Nine Nine. Yeah. <laughs> no way, that show is awesome. Yeah, Reno Nine Nine. Yeah, Reno Nine Nine is great satire. I actually do love Reno Nine Nine. <laughs> you mean Brooklyn Nine Nine and Remo Nine Remo Reno Nine One One? Yes, yeah, I think Reno, that's what Reno that's what I meant. was so good. I'm combining them together. Yeah, I know. Can you imagine combining those together? <laughs> I want to see great. that pilot. I just added Reno 911 to our petard because oh, it, it needs to be there. Yeah, it needs to be there. Yeah. So I have I have maybe one more dangling thread to to toss out there. Motivation for promotions in general. You know, without talking about this show, it seems like this show. If you're not promoted, then you're not successful in life, and I I, I kind of hate that. 
I hate that so much. And I can go on a tangent why I hate that. Go ahead. Tangent it. And then Sean, you're next. That's literally <laughs> the most ableist nonsense on the planet. Um, my career got a giant monkey wrench thrown into it when I became chronically ill. So I lost any hope of promotion, moving up, whatever it may be, because I had to take a huge medical leave because I had an undiagnosed problem, which is getting much back on track. And so is my career. But I just hate the idea that we place so much value on people's productivity, that we place so much value as a society on how far you got on an imaginary chart that we all just made up. Also, women that are pregnant and have to leave work for, for yeah. a kid and come back and have a gap in their in their resume, and that hurts them as well. Sean, jump in. I just want to say amen to everything that Liz just said. Thank you. Don't thank me. I, just, <laughs> hey, um, I'm still a male, so I guess I'm still the oppressor, maybe, but I... I'm, <laughs> Not currently. That's... Well, I, honestly, um, I'm my own employer, so I... So you get to promote yourself all the time, dude. You're probably like executive executive director now, huh? Oh, you have no idea, pal. Just keep adding the word executive. Yeah. And, and my head, my head only. Yes, it is me. I am the supreme leader. Executive chancellor. Yeah. I'm the executive chancellor, the supreme leader of emperors. Yes, that's me. It's me. It's really me. Even as like a white male that hasn't faced a lot of diversity in life, I I still don't like it either. I mean, just. What's wrong with just going to work and making a living and having time and energy to do other stuff that, that you like? like? We had talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Whenever you meet someone, the first thing they ask you is, what do you do? You know, like what like what you do in life defines your character. It's like, no, hell no, bullshit. In fact, Drew said from now on, when you meet someone, ask them what makes you happy and you get a way better understanding of what they are and who cares if they got promoted to upper management. Animals and kitty cats. Nice. Those are quality creatures. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. If my cat could promote me to be a better cat mom, that'd be great. That's the only promotion I want. Be the best cat mom. That was the best job, yeah. I'm, I'm a there cat daddy, go. and it's just the greatest job in the universe. Well, I can't be a cat mom. <laughs> Not yet. Hey, you keep trying. That's, you know what? Like, fuck being the music teacher. I'm a, I'm a stay-at-home dad. That's what I am. I'm a stay-at-home dad. I'm Mr. Mom. I'm a guy. He's the best kid ever. Um... I, yeah, I have nothing else to contribute. Do you have any dangling threads of interest that you saw throughout the pilot? How did it get renewed for a full season? Yeah, that's interesting. So I have a theory behind that. Americans are stupid. It's also on a network that, and I say this about CBS, which is why CBS is the most watched network in America. I think people just leave it on. I think, well, CBS definitely caters to middle America. I don't know where you're from, Liz, but... Uh... Well, like my grandparents who watch CBS, it's not that they watch CBS. It's just that it's always on and they're doing whatever they may doing. But CBS is always on. The only thing I can say about CBS positively is that they know when they've got a show. Like I'm going to bring up Jericho. Jericho was a show unlike any CBS show because it did like kind of teeter on the line of NBC or ABC. But it also knew hey, I'm CBS, I have to have this sappy, shitty moment, but they got it done and over as quick as possible. Other than that, it, it's, there are people out there that actually believe that there, there are families that are really as wholesome as CBS shows. Uh, ABC, yeah, I see how it, it's teetering on it, but it's still, I don't think this would ever make it onto CBS because it's still, 
you know, you see people getting shot and, you you know, the, the most violent thing you see on CBS is Chuck Norris's roundhouse kick to some dude's chest that's three feet away from him. I mean, well, all it really has to do is it just needs to get enough viewers to get a second season. And they have a huge name. It's not the continuation of Castle as far as story goes, but it's a continuation of Castle. The same main character, same same writer. Wow. Yeah. Now he's wearing a badge. Yeah. And he ended it after they fired What's Your Face, um, uh, Benson Beckett. Beckett. I stopped watching that years ago. You have to employ all these ABC people that may or may not have had contracts. I don't know that for sure, but now you can toss them in this show. You have a big name. You, I mean, you you can kind of get far with a big name. And if the show, I mean, the show might pick up. All they need to do is get like a really good conflict, um, fine tune on the characters that people like the best, and who knows. If the conflict is the relationship between the captains, count me out completely. Oh, yes, yes. That's a terrible conflict, yeah. If Tim dies, I'll start watching again. He might. <laughs> he, just, he just came out of a major, a major a operation. major operation. I, th- I think Tim could be like one of the people that everyone loves. Remember? He's going to be like the Zuko. <laughs> I would maybe tune in for the last episode of season one. We should tune in for the last episode of season one just just to see how Tim's doing. Maybe he's like happily married and you know <laughs> I'm you know what? If you wouldn't mind, I would gladly host that. That could be a what doesn't matter episode. Like You're hey, on, sir. crossover just happened. Crossover just happened. But the problem with that is is I really have to fucking watch it. Or can I just make up what happened in my head and s- still say I didn't nah, like dude, it? No, dude, we get to make up the middle. We get to make how, how about this? Oh, yes. That's true. Yes. How about at least at least until Tim's first scene? We have to finish at least Tim's first scene. And hopefully he's in there. Could you imagine if he's not in ripped there? off by his wife? Yeah, if he's not, we got to watch the whole thing. That would be unfortunate. <laughs> I I hope that he walks in and he's getting cucked. Like he just oh, walks in and sees his wife. Or some, yeah. Oh my god, Tim getting cucked. But by Lucy Chin. Yes. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Lucy Chin. Yep. Yep. But Lucy Chin's in. wearing a strap on and showing him who the fuck is boss. Exactly. Yep. For show. Was that out loud? They could. Yeah, they could buff it out. You know. Strategically placed blankets. Like she's behind him. Yeah. We are going to end the Stormy Daniels dangling thread on that note. And Hoisters, subscribe to What Does It Matter podcast and wait about six months or so whenever. Uh, hopefully they had fewer episodes than, than more. But I, I think it might have been 20 season, 20 episodes. So maybe, <laughs> you know, five or six months, you know, we'll come in. We'll watch that. We'll watch that finale. And now we are going to move into our petardo. These are recommendations for listeners based on today's pilot viewing experience. We already mentioned Reno 911. Hell yeah. I'm going to say that season one of This Is Us is captures drama and storytelling much better. And then my favorite cop show. I haven't watched a whole lot of cop shows, but The Shield is an excellent pilot. And I think it captures the philosophy and dirty cops and kind of a more accurate portrayal of police work and the mundane aspects of it. Also diverse cast. So go check out The Shield if you need a police drama fix. Liz? Mine is Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I'm so excited. It comes back January 10th. Brooklyn Nine-Nine is, it's very much like a comedy. I think it's much more successful in what I said earlier, where this is trying to be scrubs, but cops. I think Brooklyn Nine-Nine is more successful as a scrub show, but as with cops, because uh, it does have its its deep moments, but only after building so much. Uh, and then 
Uh, the other one I mentioned accidentally that I realized is great would be Reno 911, <laughs> which is also a comedy show. Sean, what would you recommend for our listeners? Southland. It was on TNT, I think. It only ran three seasons. I'm still actually finishing it myself. But that first episode, Entertainment Weekly in the aughts, before the bubble burst, would send every now and then a DVD or a thumb drive with a pilot for an episode. That's how I saw My Name is Earl. Uh, I've got House Somewhere, and I got a uh, USB drive with Southland on it. And 20 minutes in, I was like, this show is awesome, which is the complete opposite of how I felt about The Rookie <laughs> after five minutes. So I would definitely go with Southland. All right, Hoisters. And now we're moving into part four. This will be our petard trivia. It is exactly what trivia says it is. It is it is menial questions, but we are going to determine a petard trivia winner tonight. We have Sean going up against Liz for the most prestigious trivia. I lost last time. Liz Liz has something to prove. She lost last time. I'm I'm going to say she might she might be a bit of a favorite just because she has some previous experience. That's really nice of you, but you don't have to say that. <laughs> I don't have to say that. You're right. If it makes you feel any better, I got smashed on trivia last week. I lost nine and a half points to one. Yikes. I feel better. Thank you. Okay, so this so this will be five questions. Some of them will be multiple choice. Some of them will be best answers. Some of them will be most precise answer. I'm going to have it. So question number five should determine a winner number five might be worth two points and i will make sure if we have to we will go down to a true or false to make sure someone gets that point liz's buzzer is gonna go like this meow and sean's buzzer is gonna go like this well, she stole mine <laughs> that's that's gonna be difficult to to get all out at one <laughs> all right, time so I'll, but... I'll, I'll go <laughs> nice all right question number one so the very first scene, John Nolan is in Foxburg, Pennsylvania, population 183. Now, according to TripAdvisor, this will be a multiple choice question. According to TripAdvisor, what is the top thing to do in Foxburg's Pennsylvania? A, go to Foxburg Bar and Grill. B, go to Foxburg Country Club. C, Go to Foxburg Segway and River Tours. D, go to Foxburg Wine Cellars. E, go to the Office Gentlemen's Club in Foxburg. Meow. Liz. I'm going to go with the Gentlemen's Club. I'm sorry, that is not going to be correct. Sean, would you like to step in and go for a steal? That's good for Foxburg. I'm happy for him. Yes. What was A again? Was that the Bar and Grill? Yes, you have Bar and Grill, Country Club. That's the one. Bar and Grill. Okay, I'm sorry. The correct answer is actually the Foxburg Wine Cellars. It has over Ooh. 72 reviews. So if you find yourself in Foxburg, you want you want to check out the wine cellars. All right, question number two. Going in, we have we have, we're still at zero zero. This will be closest answer. So at the bank, what does John Nolan put into his lockbox? Yeah. Oh, he got it. Sean, his wedding ring. That is a partial credit. Liz, can you do you want to come in for the steal? His wedding ring and his dignity. <laughs> that is a great guess. Sean is going to get the point for this one. The correct answer is wedding ring and the envelope, presumably his uh, divorce papers. his divorce papers with the child support and spouse spousal whatever it was. Yes, so his dignity. Abuse, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> which <dignity>. is metaphorically <laughs> his dignity. So maybe, yeah, she was almost onto something. I, I was looking for a more literal answer. Sorry about that, Liz. Question number three. Closest answer, most precise. Most precise, closest answer will get the point for question number three. So Sergeant Gray is assigning the three rookies to three of his training officers. What titles does he give to the three rookies? Nicknames. He, he, gives, he gives them a nickname title. So once again, this, this is why this show is mostly uh, no. Sean. Uh, Zip, Zilch, and Fluby. <laughs> that is not correct. I, it wouldn't be. I made up the third word right there on the spot. Yeah, Liz, would you like to come in for, for the steal? I'm going to say the hotshot old man and um, kid whose dad is in internal affairs. All right, Liz is going to get that point. The correct answers were hotshot, legacy, and 40-year-old rookie. That was much closer than my answer. Yes, yeah, Sean's <laughs> answer was very far but off. But not nearly as fun. So. I, I couldn't imagine Liz not getting closer than that, but... <laughs> I almost said snap, crackle, and pop, but I figured yeah, that Yeah, that would have been bullshit. interesting as me, for, for me as as a judge and jury on this one, to, to assign a point for that, so thank you. I was going to say Molar and Curry, but I, I realized that it wasn't all-inclusive, nor is Snap, Crackle, and Pop. These are all male characters. And... Question number four. This is multiple choice. If you know the answer, you don't have to wait for the letters. Which of the characters' actor was a winner of the show Canadian Idol? Aunt Melissa O'Neill. We have going into question number five. I'm going to make this a two-point two point question. And Sean has a 2-1 lead. Does that mean I'm winning or losing? This means you, you are winning. ahead, sir. Oh, yeah. This is going to be the best answer. Why doesn't Sergeant Gray like John Nolan, the 40-year-old he rookie? he thinks he's going through a midlife crisis and he's going to bring everybody down once he realizes he's not doing the shit he's supposed to be doing because he might be a fuck-up, but he's not sure yet, but he still doesn't trust him because he's old and, you know, he, he's old. He didn't use his buzzer. Meow. All right, Liz, thanks for buzzing in. <laughs> um, I was going to say because it's very hard to train an older rookie because he's set in his ways and his habits. And he's worried that because he's set in his ways and his habits, he will get his team killed uh, because he does something reckless and stupid because he's not open to being trained like a younger rookie would be. I didn't buzz in, and that was a great answer. I, she, she should get the two points. Yeah, she does. She is. She is going to get those the, those two points. So, you know what I just realized? I didn't win. No, yeah, Liz just came in and stole it at the very end. I did. So, congratulations, Liz has redeemed herself. She is now I one have. and one in Petard trivia, and Sean Sean was right there. He, he was. You know, he like you know, it was so he close. hit the shot, but his foot was on the line, <laughs> out of bounds. It happens. It happens to the best of us. You know, you, you pulled a bit of a Chris Weber on that one. If you're, you know, if you remember the Michigan Fab Five. I don't sports. All right, Hoisters. And if you can't tell by the plugs I'm about to announce, the show is officially over. But if you love us as much as we love us, we're going to stick around for maybe a couple more minutes. I would like to say next week we are starting HBO month. It might be a two month thing. We're going to dive into Dream On. And it's a series about a guy that got divorced once again, and uh, he's probably a midlife crisis. I haven't seen the show in a while. If may, may, I don't know if I saw it at all, actually. But uh, So next week is Dream On. We will have a Petard Trivia Championship. Number one contender, Honest John, will be taking, 
taking on Jacob Williams of the Punisher Body Count. So tune in next week and go to our blog, subscribe, follow, but also check out our HBO Month post so you can recommend which shows we check out for HBO Month. We're going to do at least one rapid fire episode where we'll do probably five or six shows. We'll also do some full episodes as well. We're going to definitely do Westworld. We're definitely going to do Game of Thrones, but you can weigh in for the other shows that we decide to do. Also, check us out on But Why Though. Check out Liz on But Why Though. Check out Drew on But Why Though. He writes movie reviews of comic book movies pre-2008. Sorry, and we'd like to thank Jake Drew for our intro-outro background music. So if you would like some intro or outro music, you can check out Jake Drew. There's a link in the show notes, and you can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or you can join our Facebook group and go over, subscribe to What Does It Matter. Sean, Sean's got a lot of stuff going on as well. Check out Sean. Liz or Sean, would you like to add anything else? You can find me on Twitter if you want to argue with uh, a comma splice uh, that you read on Drew's article. I'm at Lizzie, L-I-Z-Z-Y, Lynn, L-Y-N-N, Garcia on Twitter. Uh, if it's really horribly edited, that day Kate did it. Yes, definitely, <laughs> definitely. I've I've uh, noticed that actually, and yeah, Liz will definitely argue with you on a Twitter. You know, <laughs> well, you can find me at wdimpodcast.com. dot uh, com. A lot of nonsense like this, with even worse language from me, and hopefully my guests, whoever they are, because it's always about the guest, not about me. Just the guest, and it's life, the universe, and everything. WDIMPodcast.com. And Jim, might I add that I used, you mentioned Dream On, and I used to play in a band with a guy who uh, reminded us of Martin Tupper, and we would call him Martin Tupper every now and then and just. Workplace harassment. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I wasn't telling him to say racial things to people. I just called him Martin Tupper. You got to draw lines. I do. Wait, no, I don't. I have no line to cross. You draw lines, my what friend. What does it matter? Yeah. What does it matter? <laughs> <laughs> so I'd like to thank you both for uh, coming on, especially, you know, somewhat, somewhat short, short notice, but we were able to, you know, to make it happen. Got a good episode here. I'm sorry. Sorry about the quality of the episode. That was Liz's fault. It's true. Yeah, I agree. It's very true. I'll take that bullet. I'll take the X rating though. But we were clouded by the dark side of the Nathan Philon. Philon? Philon. Fillion. 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 We were we were clouded by the dark side. I feel like of I'm cursed Nathan because Fillion. the first time I came on here it was Titans, which was bad. Oh and yeah. You I came back on here and it was worse. So wow. I'm scared for you to have me a third time. Like I'd love to come back, but I feel like it's not gonna be fun T V watching. <laughs> oh, do you do you yeah, lost you, the space from Netflix? You have you have suggested no i guess you didn't suggest dc titans, I didn't but, yeah, suggest titans. But, but you have been on for two of the six worst pilots ever <laughs> that's, that's such now, a bad ratio yes but i have a feeling next week next week we might have a contender for worst pilot ever dream on on imdb had a rating of 3.8 i checked some of our lowest ranked pilots and none of them were under like six so Oh, I'm this, excited. This has a yeah. Free this one could to, be bad. Free to record that. But um, it actually picks up though, because because the series had a, a lot a lot better rating according you know. But anyone on the internet can can throw in their two cents on a uh, on that site, of course. So yeah, I was just saying yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
unless unless you guys want to toss out something, I th- I think I'm probably I'm probably good. We we definitely had some good conversations throughout the show. Yeah, I'm thank good. you again for having me. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to get you off. <laughs> competition, man. You know, it's okay. It's, it's okay. Tension's tight here. You know now that <laughs> you know those damn women wanting their equality. Yes, Jeez, yep. gee whiz. Beating, I'll take you out. Taking out white men at Petard <laughs> trivia, man. And like you told, I was gonna. Uh, I was thinking about doing that. Like, when she gets in the ring with me, she gonna feel pain. Oh yeah, always, you should have had and the And you taunting. still won. So you know. Yeah. you know what's really funny is whenever someone makes me mad, I always joke they're gonna catch my arthritic hands. Nice. So I guess today at trivia, you caught my arthritic hands. Caught it, man. <laughs> oh, I'm a caught piano it. player. I'm on my way to it at some point anyway. <laughs> but I'm really sorry to hear that. That's that's, that's all right. It gives that's, me jokes. That's all that matters. <laughs> Now we know what matters. My show's <laughs> fucking <you> done. <laughs> no, it's true. And I, I did an episode. We we put our uh, oldest to sleep. Uh, she was 20. She just wouldn't do her fucking homework. So we had to put her to sleep. I'm just kidding. She was a cat. 20 <laughs> years old, too. That's, um, a, that's a good cat life. I was. That's a long cat life. And I loved her every second uh, that I knew her for the 15 years I knew her. But I was making jokes within seconds because just it's just... The, it's how you survive. It's it's absolutely the most healing thing you can do in the worst moment of your life. For sure, I get that hundred and thousand percent. Right, exactly. So you know, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I didn't mean to bring it down. So let's bring it back up. <laughs> Hi, I'm a dickhead. And uh, Jim, you and I have been talking about like, like we've been trying to get on each other's shows for yeah, you know, you know, about a year now. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, well, dude, it finally fucking happened. So thanks. I was almost on. What does it matter? And then I had a kid, and now you know time has been a real kid. You know the human ones, <laughs> and uh, yeah, time. You know it's time is is more constricted now, of course. Oh, definitely, yeah. And I'm just congratulations on being actually yeah, thanks, able man. to have a kid. Uh, yeah. No, as in like you, you had we the kid or your trying, wife dude. had the kid. Yeah, that's how, that, that's how good I am. I man. was being <laughs> <laughs> so she was tired of the pain. You're like, honey, I got this. Yeah, we were actually. Using birth control, even you know, so you know, yeah, dude, that's it yeah. happens. Yo, we are oh, the one in a thousand. We are we are the one in the thousand. My best friend was pissed off swimmer. when she got pregnant because she had been uh, getting the injections, and then she got pregnant and she was like, "What the fuck?" So, but although you sneeze in her general area, she gets pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but like now I know two <laughs> that people. Sounds like a condition. I know people yeah. that's happened to. Well, I mean, cock's not. It, it, but this has happened to two people now that I'm aware of. <laughs> it happened. Yeah. If you know 2,000 people, you're bound to know two of them. You know? Oh, God. I hope I don't know 2,000 people. I have 2,000 friends on Facebook, which means I know like go. six people, maybe 12. <laughs> Ooh. Probably. Th- so, in other words, call your senators and congressmen because they just yes. overturned the free Obamacare birth control. That's uh, a bad part that's, of that's that. a bad idea. So, go ahead and give them a call. Well, and, uh, now, yell now, at it wasn't free. It wasn't free. Uh, that was on the taxpayers' burden. We we couldn't have that. That was fake news. You yeah, fake, the taxpayers. The, the taxpayers would rather pay for the welfare and the kids' education and you know <laughs> them to go to jail or whatever else they might do in life. Not necessarily that they're going to go to jail, but you, you know you get you get but my point. That's a question I say to the pro-lifers, like, hey, uh, hold on a second there, pro-lifer. Yeah. Uh, once that kid comes out, you're going to take care of it? You're going to pay its bills? You, uh, you, you yes. going to go and the, find the, the answer is father? The correct answer is yes, no. they are, actually. Well, I mean, no, they're not. <laughs> they are. The pro-lifers? 
they are going to pay for it. If they pay taxes, they're going to pay for it because that kid is going to not if definitely you're cutting go to the hell out of school. Yeah, yeah, but if even you're cutting education, no one's cutting education. Like, there's no. It's not like they're not going to go to school. No, but they're still cutting education to the point where yeah, but, after I they mean, graduate, kids they're not going to have the opportunities. Learn how to take well, this yes, test. Learn fine. how to take this test. Learn how to take this test. You took the test. But they're Good. Defi- you but don't they're, need to retain whether, that information. But like whether the kid has insurance or not, they're going to pay when that kid goes to the emergency room and they're going to oh, pay yeah. when that kid goes to school. Even if they go to like Arizona's like the least, they, they give the least money towards their students. They're still going to be giving like $8,000 a year per kid. They just give more to their prisoners. Yeah. And well, those yeah. kids are more likely to go to prison as well, which is another thing that the you know people that don't want people to have kids usually are against as well. Or sorry, people that don't want people to have abortions. Anyways, I mean, I think we get the point. Echo chamber here now. <laughs> you know, you and I actually have really honestly should have no say in that conversation. I get it. Like when you're a couple and this happens, yes, the guy should have some say. I get it. But like uh, at the end of the day, as far as um, these these males in politics and I say males in politics because it's always all males who uh, they didn't get they got the memo that Santa Claus wasn't real but then they like to go and cherry pick this other book that's a lot longer and wordier than say you know any Christmas story you can think of and they like to stand behind that because in that book you get to tell women what to do you get to tell women that they have to succumb to you that's why I don't that's one of a million reasons that I don't like religion if a man can push a baby out of uh, that little hole and he can carry a baby to term for nine months, go through all the emotional turmoil of it all and and have their dick pretty much ripped apart to pass that baby through and then love it, nurture it, do the best you can as a parent to it. Maybe I'll give a shit what a guy has to say, but until then, it's totally the woman's choice, 100%. I applaud that. Thank you. As a woman. <laughs> I wasn't, I, I, I didn't mean to say thank you. It, just, it was natural because somebody clapped <laughs> I can, I mean, but I can see where people are coming from, even whether they're male or or female. As far as, I mean, I, I completely agree with your with your uh, interpretation of religion. I think it's absolutely nonsense to base any of your major philosophical ideas behind the Old Testament, especially. But but like, if you actually believe that the the zygote is an actual soul, like I like I can respect fighting for that for that little zygote. If you believe it's a soul, I don't believe it's a soul. I think it's it's a zygote isn't developed at all. My thing is with religion, most religions, there's free will. So yes, if you want to not have abortion, if you want to not use birth control, that's absolutely your right. No one's forcing you and no one should ever force you. But to force somebody else is technically against the book you're defending. I'm not defending that book. I, I think it's okay that people are fighting for what they think are people's lives. Like, like, I, like I respect that aspect of it. I disagree with them, though. I I, I, I support 100% of abortions. <laughs> They're tasty. It's just funny to be phrased that way, but yes, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> but I respect some people's argument against abortion and the reason that why they Yo, man, why they care so much. I support 110% of them. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting into WDIM territory. You gotta yeah. give your 110% in everything Show, you do man. in life. All right, so I got to break this down to you. I forgot that you're a woman. So let me t- let me talk to you like a man. Would- so I get one dollar. You get one dollar and ten cents. I get a dollar. You don't get that extra ten cents. You don't. You don't get it. You don't get it. They're making it up, folks. You know, I don't even watch that guy talk. I just hear. I listen to NPR, and I just hear like snippets here and there. I'm like, 
Wow, you need. Does, does he? No, because I love George Carlin, and I love how George Carlin would, at the end of a joke, repeat the last line. George Carlin cared about everybody. He he was a humanist, and his thing, his shtick, was repeating the last line. This guy should not. Like this guy, really needs his own fucking act because this this act isn't really working for him. Actually, I would say it's working pretty well for him. Middle America, once again, CBS, <laughs> and. <laughs> I mean, yeah, dude, the guy's president. That it worked pretty well, dude. <laughs> Does any? Am I the only one here that like thought that was always a joke, and then it happened? I'm like, ah, oh, he's just trying to shoehorn him in. I thought it was a joke at first, but I realized the severity of it before he was the official candidate for the Republican Party. Mostly because he blew everybody else out of the water. My friends and I had a March Madness sheet for the Republican primary, and my. My good friend had Scott Walker going, winning, and I had Jeb Bush, and both of those men lost round one. And I was like, I was like, I guess that partial degree I have in political science means absolute nothing. So, I think once once Jeb Bush was out, that's when I realized like this is real. This is real. I'm hitting yeah. stop on the recording, by the way, because I don't think you want this, correct? Yeah. yeah. Oh, actually, oh, dude, no, we have a sign. Okay, but anyways. So hoisters, we uh we stopped recording. Every day we hoistling. Jimbo out, uh Liz is out, and Sean is out. <laughs>